0: If it was chocolate ice cream, I guarantee you it would be, uh, it'd be taken care of. But uh, no, it is always good to just have a little time of fellowship afterwards. Looking forward to the welcome lunch as well. So, so many people have started coming over the last year, year and a half, and so we're looking forward to being together. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 so that we can look at a passage together. I'm going to ask you to do that at home remove any distractions, grab something where you can take notes. We want to dive into God's word this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. We're walking through the book of Ephesians in the summer months and just looking at a variety of things from this fantastic book that Paul wrote while he was in prison. He was imprisoned under Nero. He is going to have to stand before Nero's court. He doesn't know how it's going to come to an end. And so. He begins to write these letters to these churches, and the Ephesian church is a special church to him because he spent more time in Ephesus than any other city that he traveled to. He spent three years there, and in Paul's life, that's an eternity. So they knew him well, and he knew them well, and he is writing because who knows if these are the last words he has for them. It's a large church in a large city right there in the middle of the Roman Empire, and And so we have this this heart of an apostle sharing with these people as the church continues to grow. There's brand new people in the church. There's people that have been there for quite some time. And what Paul wants to do is he wants to share with them how to go to the next level. Like he says, I want you to go to the next level in the things of God. We've been talking these last few weeks, and you can visit any of the sermons online Uh, They're free, and they're there for you, and you can look and you can see that uh, God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. He's called you. He's chosen you. He's got you. He's adopted you. He has a good plan for you, a good purpose for your life, and today we're going to look at Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 that he prays for his readers, and so he's praying it for us today as we read. This week, my family and I, we're going to get on an airplane and go to a conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Whoever books a conference in Phoenix in July, I don't know, (laughs) but we are excited to go because there'll be ministry friends we haven't seen for a couple years, and so we're looking forward to the conference, but Phoenix in July, come on. We... uh, (laughs) There was one time I was flying, I went to the airport and it was kind of a rainy day, a cloudy day, nothing like today. Today's sun's out, but it's just it was cloudy, it was gray, it was like over it just felt heavy. You know those days where the weather kind of affects everyone's mood and it just felt that way through the airport, getting on the plane and then taking off and then a few minutes into the takeoff. We broke through the clouds and then all of a sudden there's this beautiful sunset, this beautiful It just the sun was there, and all of a sudden, it was just like like your mood changed. Everything changed because we went to the next level. I believe that God wants to give you a new perspective, that God wants to do something inside of you that is going to change you, that that we're going to realize who we are in Christ. And, and, And this isn't just about who you are, it's about who Jesus is. And when we get a picture of who he is, we get a picture of who we are in him. And so today, like Paul prayed back then, I'm praying today, and I've been praying all the week, knowing this message is coming, that you would know Christ, that your eyes would be open to him, that it wouldn't just be something that that a church believes or, or a pastor preaches, but it would be something that you know deep down inside. The reason this is so heavy on my heart is because I see so many people falling away right now. So many people walking away. So many people, some even famous, just walking away from the faith, just saying, it's over, and they walk away. And I want you to know for yourself who Jesus is in such a deep and real and powerful way that you can never walk away. it's like Peter when the crowds are leaving Jesus. Everyone is walking away from Jesus. Everyone's gone, and then then Jesus turns to his disciples and says, are you going to leave me too? Do you want to go? Because you're free to go. No one's keeping you here. And Peter says to Jesus, where are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. Jesus, we've been with you too long. We've seen too much. We're We know you too well. We may not understand everything that's going on right now, but we know you too well. We can't walk away. And that's my prayer for you today. That's Paul's prayer for everyone that reads his epistle, that their eyes would be open to who Jesus is and that we would know him in such a way that we can never walk away. Let's look at verse 15 of chapter 1. For this reason... The riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people and the incomparability, a great power for us who believe that the power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, seated him at the right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is in folk. not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's Paul's prayer for you. When you signed up to follow Jesus, you didn't just sign up for another way to live your life. You signed up to be connected to the source of all sources, to the authority of all authorities, it, you, you signed up for the name above all names. God's not just powerful, he's all-powerful. God's not just wise, he's all-knowing. God doesn't just have power, he has all power. And here's the first thing I want you to write down today. Don't be held back by a limited view of who God is. Don't be held back by a limited view of who God is. He has all power, all authority, and in, ex- in order to experience him fully, we have to know who he is. And Paul says... I just want you to know who Jesus is, because if you know who Jesus is, then you'll know who's inside of you. And so Paul prays three things. He says, first of all, I want you to understand his power. He prays that we would understand the power of God, that he conquered death, that he is risen, that he is seated in heavenly places with everything under his feet. There is this power that's in Jesus that no one else has. And yet, we look at the powers in our life, and it seems like the powers around us are just wreaking havoc in our life, right? We think our enemies are winning. We think the government's out to get us. We, we think that, 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 that public opinion about us, or, or what, what the news says, that, that all these powers are out there, and, and even the economy and everything that's going on, we, we think, okay, all these forces, all these powers at work in the world... Look, there is no power greater than Jesus. I understand, you know, your boss can fire you. The economy can bankrupt you. People can say bad things about you. The enemy's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. But look, there's no power greater than the power of Jesus. There is no king. There is no president. There's no prime minister. There is nothing higher than his authority. We may look and say, well, well, this, this looks so powerful, or that looks so powerful in our world, and oh, this and that and the other thing. No, there is no power greater than the power of Jesus. Nothing can steal his power, and nothing can steal away your eternal destiny with him. See if we start getting a picture, see all the things of this world, it's gonna fade away. It's gonna be gone. Those news channels you don't like, they're not going to be here forever. Those politicians you don't like, they're not going to stick around forever. Jesus and his word is the only thing that lasts forever. So don't put your hope in anything in this world. Don't even put your hope in your own strength. You put your hope in Jesus. You get a picture of who he is. You don't have to worry because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Romans eight thirty eight and 39 says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's something else to write down this morning. Jesus has the ultimate power in the universe and your life. He has the ultimate power in the universe and your life. Listen, your enemies are no match for God. Your fear is no match for God. Your anxiety is no match for God. Your depression is no match for God. What you're facing, what you're going through, even your sin is no match for the power of Jesus. Paul's saying, I hope you understand who Jesus is. That you understand his power. The next thing that Paul tells us or asks or prays for us is this, that we understand his honor. We understand his honor. That Jesus is seated in heavenly realms with everything under his feet. That, that he's not just powerful, he is worthy of our worship. That when we see him, when we know him, that should be an instant reflex inside of us. Just like, okay, God, we just bow down and worship. When we realize who he is, when we press in to know him, that, that, that we would worship we wouldn't just know it in our head and, and study the word and confess the word, but that we would know and we would begin to worship. We must know him so that we can honor him. That that just becomes the reflex that, that when we begin to sing, like, I'm going to lift my hands till I can reach heaven. It's like, I can't reach high enough, God, because I just, I just want more of you. Uh, you know, we just, that we just press in to know him, that, that we would know and that we would honor him, that worship and honor would always be our first response. To the name of Jesus, to the name that others use in vain, but for us it's the name that we bow before and that we worship. Paul also prays that we would understand his authority, that we would understand the authority that Jesus has, that his name is above all names. Paul uses these words in this passage like power, rule, authority, dominion. He talks about that Jesus' name, whether it be in the earthly realm or the spiritual realm, there's nothing greater. Whether it be in the present or in the age to come, it doesn't matter. There's a name that is above all names, and it will always be above all names here on earth and in heaven everywhere. And every authority must submit to him. Even if they don't think they need to submit to them, even if we think they're just mocking him, no, every knee will bow. Ultimately, ultimately, It says in Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11, Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, and at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Don't give your life to anything else in this world. Don't give your life to just getting as much as you can. Don't live your life in pride. Don't live your life in selfishness. Don't live your life for any other name. Live your life for Jesus. See, there's nothing in this world that's going to satisfy. You think, well, if, if this happened or that happened, if, 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 if this would kind of break through, am I like, no. Nothing in this world will satisfy. You already have all that you need because you have Jesus. And if you understand the authority that you have, you'll begin to build your life on his power and his honor, and his authority. Because all of a sudden, you're going to know who you are because you're in him. Remember we said about Ephesians, Paul says over and over and over again, that we must be in Christ. In this short book of six chapters, I think it's 40 times, that we must be in Christ, that in Christ, in Christ, that when we're in Christ, we have these things. Paul says, I hope that your eyes will become enlightened to who Jesus is. And I love that picture of light because if you go into a room that's dark and you don't want to stumble around, if you go into a place that's dark and you're full of fear, you just flick that light switch and everything changes, right? The darkness disappears. You're not going to be bumping around in that room. You know where you're going. That light is on. You're not going to be scared anymore. The light is on. I think of like lighthouses for ships that are, that are, that are trying to make it in the night, but they don't want to run aground, but they see the lighthouse so they know they're directed through the light. Jesus says, I am the light. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's saying, would you follow me? Would you know me? And when we know him, then we know who we are in him. That he sets us free and gives us abundant life. That he's at work in and through us with a purpose and a destiny, as we've talked about in previous messages, that, that nothing can steal from this world. The world can try to delay it, but they can't steal your destiny. They can't steal your purpose. Paul uses words like this when he's talking to us. He's like that you would have knowledge and wisdom and hope and power and that you would have the same authority that Jesus has. That when I have Jesus, I can face any crisis, any opposition. I can go through any pain. I can fight any battle because I know who I am with him. And he is with me and he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. That's what God's word says. I think we're tempted to think, so many people I've talked to, that their best days are behind them, or that their best days are never coming, that life won, and they lost. I I hear that all the time. And you know what's interesting is that that's how the world is designed. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't care what station you watch news from, it's all doom and gloom, right? It's all doom and gloom. I don't care what politician you listen to. It's doom and gloom. Like, and that's how the world operates. The world operates in that doom and gloom mentality. And what I read here in, in Paul's prayer is that he's saying there's a different forecast. You need to get above the clouds. You need to break through because it's sunny. And God's forecasting for your life a hope and a future. He says that in his word. Like, I have a plan for you. And I have an inheritance for you. That's what it says in verse 18, that, that, that you have an inheritance. And the way Paul uses that is really interesting in the Greek. It's a two-way inheritance. And I don't know if you've ever thought of this before, but that we inherit the power, the honor, the authority that God has. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We are part of that. But you know what's beautiful? He talks about that we're an inheritance for him as well. It's like this two-way inheritance. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He loves to hear your voice when you worship and you talk to him, when you confess his name, when you speak his name. He loves that. It's that two-way inheritance that I receive from him and he receives from us. And he's praying this here, that we will know his power, this power that raised him from the dead, that seated him in heavenly places. From the prayer, it says, and his incomparable power for us who believe, for those that are in Christ. That the same power as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him on the right hand in heavenly realms. That we would have that same power. Do you realize you have that power? The world will tell you you don't have anything. You don't have anybody. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's time to go to the next level. It's time to get the new perspective. You already have it. So where do you need it in your life? Where are you not experiencing it in your life? Where do you need to say, hey, Jesus, you're with me. I I need you in this moment. I need you in this battle. I need you in this crisis. I need you in this pain. I need you in this moment. I need you in this moment because I'm going to tell you, God's sovereign plan will come to pass in your life, and nothing can stop it. You may feel like everything's against you, but nothing's going to stop it what i love about the bible that's why I, I, I want everybody that's new to get the the copy of, of my book simple bible because it's it's the Bible's about god and who we are in him there's a lot of great characters in the bible but you know all those characters are stories about god i think of in the old testament when when joseph was sold into slavery imprisoned and, and not he did nothing wrong, and all these things are happening. So most of his life is spent in a horrible circumstance. But God says, you know what? I have a destiny for you to rule in Egypt, to save thousands from famine. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work this out. I think of Moses who messed up his life for 80 years until he sees the burning bush and says, hey, Moses, for the last 40 years, I'm going to use you in a powerful way to get the children of Egypt or the children of of Israel, out of Egypt, out of slavery. And God can change it in a moment. I think of Nehemiah, who was born a captive, not at home in Jerusalem, but in Babylon, and no hope for him, born as a prisoner, born as a slave, but God puts on his heart, you're going to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. And God gets him where he needs to be. I think of Lazarus, who's dead in a tomb. And God says, I have something more for you to do. And he raises him from the dead. Bartimaeus was born blind, and yet Jesus gave him sight. Paul and Silas are in prison. They're beaten. They're they're humiliated. They're sitting in prison. And what do they do? They start to worship and praise and pray because they know who they are in Christ. And instead of those chains holding them, all of a sudden the ground began to shook and the door opened, and they were released. Jesus is all that you need. You say, He's all I got. That's all you need. That's all you need. He's the answer to every question. If somebody asks you a question, you just say, Jesus. Because He has all power, all honor, all authority. There is power in His name. There is power in His presence. And you, today, have that same power in you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? My prayer is this prayer that Paul prayed, that you would know Christ. That it wouldn't just be something we believe as a church or that I preach from the pulpit, but this is something you know for yourself. So we're just going to have a time of prayer. And and I'm going to re-pray this prayer over you, maybe using a few different words and and putting it into our context. But I'm going to pray that prayer over you that you would know Christ. And I'm going to give you just a little time with him because I don't want you to leave this place without knowing who he is and who you are in him. God loves you so much today. He has so much for you and it is time to get out of the doom and gloom and break through the clouds and realize that Jesus is seated in heavenly places with all power and all authority and you are there with him he is your inheritance and you are his, that you are in Christ and so I pray today In the name of Jesus, to the Father and the Holy Spirit, that you would give us wisdom and revelation so that we could know you better. We want to know you in our hearts. I pray that our hearts would be enlightened, that we may know the one that called us that we would know the one that gives us hope in a future, the one who gives us the riches of his inheritance, the one who makes us holy people. I pray that we would know the one who has great power and mighty strength. I pray that that same power and strength that raised Jesus from the dead and seated Him in heavenly realms would be alive in each one of us this morning. That we would understand that Jesus is above every ruler, every authority, every power, every dominion. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That anything here on earth or in heaven in the present or the age to come will all acknowledge. Jesus, I pray that we would understand, that we would know his power, his glory, his authority in our life. I'm going to give you a moment just to talk to God. After the prayer that has been prayed over you, that wherever you're at in this life, Would you pray to God to take you to the next level? To break through those clouds to where the sun is always shining. Even when it doesn't look like it. Even when it doesn't feel like it. The sun is out. Would you talk to Jesus just for a minute? And ask him to take you to the next level. Jesus, may we know you like we've never known you before. May we pray this prayer each morning of our life so that you just give us a a greater glimpse of your power. Lord, that you just take us each day to the next level and the next level and the next level. That whatever the enemy has planned to steal, kill, and destroy, God, that you would give us abundant life. God, that we can make it through any pain. We can make it through any circumstance. We can make it through any battle. Because we know our victory is in you. And nothing will steal our destiny. Nothing will steal your purpose. Nothing will steal our eternity with you. We're so grateful today, God. Thank you for your word. May it find good ground and come alive in our life in the week to come. pray this in Jesus' name.